Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash apologia. But for now, let's get to the episode. Part of the Ham and Egg News series, posted May 17, 2017, titled AIG vs. Grand Canyon Lawsuit. Welcome to Apologia, and another edition of Ham and Egg News. Now, normally I would give a disclaimer here that these are just a fun break from research videos to react to Ken Ham reacting to things. But I gotta tell you, this one had about as much research and source hunting as any of my science videos. So, best of both worlds? Worst of both worlds? Either way, I wasn't going to do another Ham and Egg so soon, but this one had a few stories that have captured my imagination. So here we go. Hi, and welcome to Answers News for May 11th, uh, 2017. So we're here with Bodie and Ken and Georgia. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just trying to... Not, we always like to say something to get started, mm -hmm. so I want to tell you how my day began. My day began with, let's see, I woke up at about like 8 o'clock today. I cuddled with the cat, and let's see, what else did I do? Oh! Hello, Morgan. I walked out of the house to get in my car, and I had found that the entire flock of Canadian geese that exists... <laughs> hey, is this going to be some kind of anti-Canadian slur? ...in the U.S. had flown over my car during the night and dropped little messages. No, they weren't little messages. Bombs. They were big messages. Okay, I was just thinking about this the other day. I wonder what kind of car Ken Ham drives, because I was thinking of the, the types of cars that people drive normally and how that relates to like their personality or that sort of thing. And I thought he has to drive a Hyundai Genesis, right? Right? That to me is like marketing 101 fucking one. And nowhere else in the neighborhood. It was only my car. Maybe the atheist that, sent them. That was my, that was my... Okay, now see, this is also why Georgia and I get along really, really well. It was every, every, every Canadian goose in the entire... Maybe it's the Canadian atheists. I know Ken's the victim, but I'm still feeling slandered somehow. I had to get out there with a bucket and a brush to even get into the car. That's how bad it was. It's a game called Nobody Likes Ken. And they're all making fun of him. And it's funny. Because it's cute. Because he's old. And he doesn't get it. Discrimination lawsuit filed by Christian geologists against Grand Canyon Park officials. Excellent. We're starting with the story that I care most about. Dr. Andrew Snelling, who's our geologist in charge mm -hmm. of our research department, he has a PhD in geology from Sydney University. If you've been following the series Sistrake and I are doing on the Is Genesis History documentary movie, you might have seen part three, which is focused entirely on this same Dr. Andrew Snelling and his discussion about the very same Grand Canyon. Having spent a few weeks getting to know Snelling's work at near-intimate level, naturally this lawsuit has piqued my interest. So I heard about this, I think, on their website a couple days ago when they had first put out that there was going to be some sort of lawsuit with the Grand Canyon superintendent and a bunch of other people at the park that essentially said that they were denying Dr. Snelling access to like 40-some-odd samples of a particular rock layer in the Grand Canyon. And the reason for that denial was because of his religious beliefs. Now, keep in mind that that is 
not a good thing. And I absolutely disagree with that. And if that's something that was explicitly stated by anyone in any form at any point in time, that's definitely wrong. Absolutely. The U.S. Civil Rights Act has religion as one of its core protected classes, and discrimination on that basis is simply not okay. Not in this case, not in any. If those are the facts of this case, then I will be standing shoulder to shoulder with Ken Ham on something. This guy just wants to get a couple rocks, and just because he's a Christian doesn't mean he shouldn't have access to rocks. Now, that's me playing devil's advocate. What's probably going on is that there's no basis that isn't circumstantial in this entire lawsuit. He's been doing research at the Grand Canyon for 25 years, collected all sorts of samples. Now, if you were watching his Genesis History Science, you'll recall that I went through Snelling's incredibly dubious research findings from these previous rounds of collections. He was involved with getting some samples from two different sites, isometrically dated as if they were from the same site, and his sample collection methods were criticized by their geologists, along with other hints of just being an incompetent and or dishonest scientist. In North America, we have freedom of speech, but we don't have freedom from the consequences of our speech, or from the opinions other will form of us. Presumably, his previous collections had permits, and I'm not making a wild assumption here that, given the pure criticisms of his methods, not his findings, but his methods, he didn't follow the procedures he promised that got him the permits in the first place. These permits are a privilege, not a right. It's not like entirely unqualified Morgan and I could go get one to further our filthy heathen agenda. If someone gives you an ice cream cone, and then you take that ice cream cone and write your name on the walls with it, then drop the ice cream on their keyboard and the rest on the ground and step on it, and then you turn around and go ask for another cone, well, maybe you won't get another cone. As we learn more, I'll be curious to see if Andrew's priors were a factor here. If you want to read all about the lawsuit, you want to see the actual documentation, the links are there in the article. I absolutely will be digging into this one deeper. I've read the press release and will voraciously investigate all the new details posted, assuming there are some, even if it means that I'm siding with and defending Ken and Andrew on this, which is entirely possible. But for the sake of today's discussion, the only other source I could find on this was this Cincinnati Inquirer article. They seem to be the only ones who ran a story on this that wasn't just straight reprinting AIG's press release. So thanks Cincinnati Inquirer for doing some interviews on the other side of this lawsuit, which I'll be taking at face value for the time being. And he applied to collect some samples and then suddenly uh, was refused and he battled with it for three years. They found out with the Freedom of Information Act and getting the information that they had asked some professors who are obviously secularists and evolutionists about his research project. Okay, so according to the Inquirer, Snelling claims park officials asked Snelling for two peer reviews evaluating his research proposal, something that hadn't been asked for in his previous projects. Now, with just a few seconds on Google, one can find the Grand Canyon National Park Research Permitting Policy page, where the criteria for such permits are listed. As you can see, copies of at least two peer reviews must accompany the proposal. This requirement was there on the earliest Internet Wayback Machine snapshot of the page, too, meaning this policy has been in place at least since February 2015, and potentially much longer. In any case, this two peer reviews requirement is for everyone, not a persecution of Dr. Snelling. Now, the Park Service site actually shows the form that will be used by third parties to evaluate the peer-reviewed material. So it should be no surprise to Snelling that third parties were consulted. It's clearly advertised standard procedure. And they actually put in writing that he, he's a creationist and don't let him in the do research. They can put that in writing all they want, right? And the, But that doesn't mean that the Park Service took that into account when looking at his permit, right? And again, this lawsuit is not for these people who wrote this in writing, right? That Dr. Snelling was a creationist, which he is, right? That's a true statement. Everybody agrees with that. 
It doesn't matter what other people try to say to the Park Service. It matters what the Park Service actually did because they are the ones in charge. So it's an obvious case of religious discrimination. Is it obvious? As Morgan said, the Parks Department can't reasonably be held responsible for the frank words of external consultants. Only the actions of the Parks Department are relevant. According to the NPS site, one of the criteria considered is, could the proposed research be performed outside of the park? And according to the newspaper article, in their denial of Snelling's permit on March 4, 2014, park officials did not mention creationism, but said, it has been determined that equivalent examples of soft sediment folds can be found outside of Grand Canyon National Park. Snelling was offered a scouting permit with which he could gather more data for a more convincing sample proposal for the Grand Canyon Board, but the Answers in Genesis staffer was so insulted he didn't even reply and filed this lawsuit instead. This doesn't sound like obvious discrimination to me. It sounds here like there were scientific grounds and Snelling's feelings were hurt. My concern here is that Answers in Genesis has evaluated the situation and decided that the conspiracy theory value of losing this in court is actually more value than the wackadoodle and unconvincing scientific results that Snelling could actually achieve with the samples. I bet they don't care if they win or lose. A highly publicized loss will feed their persecution narrative and give them a great plot for God's Not Dead 3 or Expelled 2. You know how the secularists are being saying that the, nobody's coming to the ark? I don't think I'm a mean person, in general, but I definitely hate watch pay attention to the ark economics. The arconomics, as it were. Is that a phrase? Can that be what we call it from now on? Hashtag arconomics. Can someone please tell Hem and Meta that we're going with arconomics? He has the best coverage on this, along with Sysrike, which is how I found his channel. Anyway, arconomics, people. I can't think off the top of my head, obviously. I may be wrong, and I probably am, and I'd like to be, because that's always fun. There is no other attraction on Earth that talks so much about how well they're doing. Maybe a president. It just goes to show you how fragile the ego really is. Uh, it's uh, not impacting the county and so I, on. I, it's very interesting that, that these guys care so much about tourism and, and how much they're impacting Kentucky and the surrounding area. Well, that's because they're getting such harsh local and national press for the whole massive tax break they received that we talked about in the last episode. Like this article talking about how Grant County, where the Ark sits, may have to file bankruptcy. This was handed out at a tourism conference just recently. Okay. It's, it's an, I, I'm not going to, it's too hard to show it's you. It's too tough to see that. Um, we're going to get the original of this, but, um, and, and it'll go up on the website, I'm sure. It actually didn't end up on the website, either Answers in Genesis or the publicly searchable parts of the Kentucky tourism site. This was one story they didn't put source notes up for. I don't think it's a conspiracy. It's just too bad that this tweet with a tiny version of it is the best we have. And this was Grant County, and it shows you from 2015 to 2016, just in Grant County alone, where the ARC is, 128% mm -hmm. increase yeah. in tourism dollars. According to the chart, tourism spending in Grant County went from $20 million in 2015 to $45 million in 2016. That's a difference of $25 million. Now, keep in mind, the ARC wasn't even open for a full year in right, 2016. Right. It was just, what, four months, maybe? Right. Four and as I like when one of the three panelists shoot a quick death glare when one of the others pipes up with a well-intentioned comment that kind of undermines the point of the other. Happens every episode. Anyhow, the chart is trending up for five years without the ARC, so I don't know what portion of this is ARC impact. But let's be super generous and say that every dollar of the $25 million increase came from the ARC. According to this article... Ken Ham claimed that 500,000 people visited the Ark in 2016. Now, those numbers smelled funny to me at the time, but let's go with them at face value for now. That would mean, on average, each visitor to the park spent $50 in the county. Now, Ken has various discounts and packages for his birth control-averse target audience, 
but the base price for a ticket to the Ark is $40, and the meal price at the Ark is $12, so that's over $50 already. So, while this money is spent and gets counted for this report, that I'm sure was issued just to make a look of bureaucrats look good, the articles affirm that, due to the tax breaks, the Ark hasn't translated into any sort of public revenue windfall for the county. So, something with these numbers isn't adding up, and if I had my guess, the number of visitors to the Ark is the least credible of all of them, because there's no requirement for public reporting. Ken can just say any numbers he wants that he think are reasonable enough that people will believe them. So our first article is from Live Science. Oh, fuck. They're getting into the first fucking news topic, finally. All right, all right, all right. I mean, honestly, the only reason I'm here is for those first two stories. I'm willing to cut it here, or were you wanting to do the whole thing? So I'm very curious, because I, I didn't even read the description for this of what this was going to even be. You know, what they were going to talk about, rather. Usually I, I glance, you know, just so I can get my mind and mental acuity going. Let's see. Let's see what they have to say. Let's see what the first thing is. Fine, but... Lightning round. Italian island's mutation fights malaria but raises risk of other diseases. Now this is an evolution. Even though the article starts mm -hmm. off with that, once again, they become more resistant to malaria, which is obviously a good thing, but then they become more susceptible to multiple sclerosis and lupus, which are autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. So it's a trade-off. So and there's no net gain. There doesn't need to be a net gain. Again, like it's, it's this perpetuation of awkward, uninformative misrepresentations of what evolution actually is. I'm curious as to what Answers in Genesis's stance on vaccines is, because I would like to think and believe that they're incredulous of them because they don't understand the science. And microevolution, in the sense of changes within a small population versus a big population or within a certain pathology of a species or virus or bacteria, is super, super hyper important to the science of vaccines. So it is evolution, motherfucker. That could be like my new tagline. It is evolution, motherfucker. Wubba lubba dub dub. Ricky ticky tabby bitch. And that's the way the news goes. When I was at university, sickle cell anemia was used as an example of a beneficial mutation. Mm -hmm. yeah. It could be considered, again, like a beneficial mutation in the extent that you're looking at it and what it does for your susceptibility to malaria. Why does sickle cell anemia tend to trend in African-American populations. It's because of the prevalence of malaria in that area, and it makes you less susceptible to the disease. But yeah, does it cause other problems? Sure. Does it make that a trade-off? Not really, in my opinion. I mean, it's a trade-off of choosing something that might make you sick over something that will definitely kill you. Evolutionarily speaking, alive and sick still has an advantage over dead. It's a poor example, again, because most mutations don't do anything. So it is what it is. On to, on to the next thing. Just got home from my visit there to the Coach Museum in the Ark. Heard Georgia and Bodie speak. Very good trip. Didn't get to meet Ken Ham, which would have been the hit of my trip. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. All right. I mean, same. If I went to the Creation Museum, if I went to the Ark Encounter anywhere, I'd want to see Ken Ham. I'd want to give him a big kiss on the cheek. I'd want to touch him on the shoulder inappropriately when he didn't ask for it. Just like he did with Bill Nye. I would want to do that. Alright, from National Geographic, new bird-like dinosaur had modern feathers. They're saying here, Archaeopteryx was another kind of bird-like dinosaur. Well, I used to think Archaeopteryx was a transitional form. Archaeopteryx has bird traits that are exclusive to birds. It also has traits that are exclusive to dinosaurs. But it also has traits that aren't exclusive to either of those things. Which is a very good indicator of it being a transitional species between those two forms. And then Archaeopteryx became the phoenix, and that's where we get our phoenix legends. I've read it in a book somewhere, so it must be true. It's a very old book, 
And a lot of people believe it. Now that they say it, it's, it's just a poaching bird. bird. Yeah. Wait, what? Do they say it's a bird or do they say it's a dinosaur? I don't understand. What just happened? No biologists say that Archaeopteryx was a bird. Maybe one did somewhere and you probably misheard them. Archaeopteryx is classified as a reptile dinosaur theropod. As frequently as you think scientists change their mind, they haven't here. An investigative report published in Science in 2010, that's Science Magazine, uh, uh, revealed that as many as 80% of marine fossil uh, reptile fossils on display in Chinese museums have been altered or manipulated. Could you imagine what fossils are manipulated and faked in the United States? See, this is where it gets good because they're starting to get into conspiracy territory. And I am 110% down with that most of the time. Most of the time. China has fake fossils? I would have never guessed. From the Daily Mail, UK. Is this stone proof an asteroid wiped out a civilization just like ours 13,000 years ago? And does it vindicate the maverick scholar who says a giant meteorite will destroy us in 2030? <laughs> That's a long title. You're not kidding. Way too long for lightning round. He's arguing that some sort of comet or asteroid came in, uh, struck the Earth, and that triggered an ice age. Right. And, you know, I, I don't see how some of the science works out of that. Uh, no, it's okay, Bodhi. You don't understand how most of the science works for most things. I've read your books. I haven't read his books. Now, one of the things they've done is they, they did some search, and they were looking at uh, uh, Gabikli Tipi. It's kind of how that's pronounced. It's, uh, it's kind of how it's pronounced, just like Babel or Babel. I wrote a book on it, but I don't really know how to say it. I guess you can say it any other way, whichever way you'd like, which is the American way, remember? Uh, from Science Daily, first clues about the social lives of extinct human relatives. So this is a study of um, bone head crust, what are called the sagittal crest of male gorillas, and comparing them to our supposed human ancestors. Yeah, it, it's really strange. It's like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> okay, I added that part. Female gorillas preferred the male gorillas with larger sagittal crests. Yeah. You know, How do they know that? I remember when, I first, I remember when <laughs> I first walked into, into a church 47 years ago, and I saw this beautiful young lady there standing, handing out the hymn books. And I didn't look and see if she had a sagittal crest or anything. Instead, you're well, the question is, did she look and see a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> The question is, is Ken, Ken even, like, fucking listening to the program that he's putting on? Like, Jesus, is he married to a man? She wouldn't have a sagittal crest, bro. But at least Georgia saved that one. That was pretty good. So the next one comes from Newsweek. The evolution of a tiny skunk that does handstands. So I picked this because I thought it was really... She's not wrong. That is adorable. What they want to have is they want to have like so the evolutionary, evolutionary family tree-ish stuff. That's how you so that's what they're trying to define mm -hmm. as a clade. So now all of a sudden you see them talking clades instead of right. species, genus, and things like that. It's that awkward moment where science changes based on information provided to us. And yes, it's nice. We're going to have to subdivide certain organisms into these clades and subdivisions of what we have already. And this is something that Aaron did a really good job of explaining in his book that I encourage people to look at because there is no religion in those explanatory chapters. It is simply the science of how this kind of system works. It's so much better than just saying you don't like it because you don't have that stark contrast between cats and dogs or lizards and fish and that sort of thing. You can really start to see the similarities between them in the fossil record and come to realize that there aren't any more missing links. Is it the species called Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> Pepe well, Le Pew. Or Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pepe Pepe Is that how you pronounce that? Pepe. 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 <laughs> okay. Pepe. Pepe. I thought it was Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> no, oh Pepe. my gosh. No, 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 no. Pepe Le Pew. Sounds much better. I like it like that. I think, Pepe I think it's all to do with how my, dice, my dice started with, the, with my yes. car getting a bath from the geese. <laughs> okay. Very grateful to... My Canadians in arms, the Canadian geese that shit on Ken Ham's car. His Hyundai Genesis, I hope. I swear to God, I hope. Nature, paleontology, evolution with teeth. 
when, when it comes to studying evidence of critters from the past. When it comes to studying evidence of critters of the past. <laughs> oh, man. Bodie got real Southern right there, and I loved it. Yeah. The, the whole article was about you can't correlate teeth with food, and then the last paragraph is, well, you know, yeah, Fake news. Don't like it. Teeth. That's all I heard. We need to remember, when we step back, and these guys are making up a lot of accounts of things that happened in the past. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, God got mad and sent a flood, but had this one guy build an ark, put all the animals onto it, yada yada. But, you know, because there's no real, real evidence of that, it's all just a big story, right? Long time ago, galaxy far away. Um, this one is from LifeSite News. Popular homeschooling resource quietly promotes LGBT to children. Oh, finally, a gay agenda one to get fired up about. They said Brittany and Sophia went to lunch with their blank every Saturday, and your choices were wives or wives. Oh, wait, it's two ladies who are married to each other, just like a man and a woman are married to each other, but they have two vaginas instead of a vagina and a P.P. Le Pew. Christians have this mindset, well, if it's a secular textbook, it's not saying math or English. It's neutral, everything will be just fine, but it's not. They're imposing right. a secular worldview into it to influence the kids. I will admit, my whole high school career, I took secular math and indoctrinated me into the power of numbers. That could never change or be explained away. Are you done? I am already over my time to leave, so I've got to go. All right, then. Let us know what you think about these stories in the comments, particularly on the ones that I'm most excited about, and you'll probably hear more about the Arconomics, hashtag Arconomics, and the Snelling Grand Canyon lawsuit. I'll try and, and keep tabs on the, the Snelling incident, which would, I guess, maybe be a good good title for it. I don't know. You always hear something about, like, such and such incident, and it makes me think of aliens or, like, a murder and true crime. So I'm always, like, incredibly interested in incidents. If you'd like to be notified when new reaction videos or proper science videos are released, please hit that subscribe button. We'd greatly appreciate it. All right. I will talk to you later. Later. Later.